Good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord on this beautiful day that God has given us. It's kind of cool because it's still springtime here in South Carolina. We want to welcome you to Manifest Church. Those of you who are watching live, uh, those of you who will watch later or listen on the podcast, uh, we want to welcome you in, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we pray that this message will minister to your hearts and encourage and edify you. Um, we're going to uh, continue today in the book of Daniel, chapter 6. We left off last week, and, and uh, we want to finish that up today. Lord willing, that is my, my goal, my task this morning to finish Daniel, chapter 6. And uh, I think we can do it. Amen. Pray for me that I get through it. Um, and uh, just a time uh, just to be able to be encouraged. What an awesome time of worship. I uh, just want to encourage you, man, wherever you are in your life, to remember to always submit yourself to the Lord each day in prayer. When you get up and, and submit, humble yourself before him and say, Lord, here I am. Use me today. Uh, not my will, but your will be done, O oh God. You want to declare that to God every day. You want to get up and say, this day belongs to you. My life belongs to you. Do with it as you please, Father, and use me as you would like to use me, Lord, in whatever capacity whether that's seeing someone at work or at school or wherever I am, and I could be an encouragement or I can bring your word to them, the gospel, the good news that saves a soul. Use me, Lord, in whatever way, whatever means I could be used, Lord, I'm available to you. Would you make that your prayer this, uh, this day? Let's pray as we get ready to jump into God's word this morning. Father, we love you and thank you for waking us up this morning and giving us life. We thank you for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of eternal life that we have through uh, what Jesus Christ, our Lord, did on the cross. And thank you for the resurrection. Because of that resurrection, we know we will, be, we will rise with you. Uh, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the inheritance of the saints, Lord, the, the, just the, 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 the cloud of witnesses that we have that encourage us. And, and when we look to the scripture, thank you for the word of God that was delivered to us, Lord, and we thank you for those who gave their lives, those who, uh, who sacrificed much for us to be able to have the word of God this morning. And Lord, we just come together as a body of Christ. It doesn't matter how many. You said where two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst, Lord. And I thank you that your presence is with us. I thank you that the power of the Holy Spirit is manifest right here in this place, and he'll manifest himself right where you are, whether you're in your living room, whether you're in your uh, desk at your job, wherever you find yourself, I believe that the power and presence of the Holy Spirit will, will be right there as the word of God is proclaimed. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do today. Lord, I ask you to speak through me. Lord, I need you. I need your grace right now. I need the power of the Holy Spirit upon me, Lord, because I want people's faith to rest not on eloquence of speech, but of demonstration of the spirit and power, Lord, that when your word comes forth, it will not return void that it will go and do what it's set out to do. Lord, break up the fallow ground, oh God. Take away the stony heart today and give a heart of flesh to someone today that's listening. Lord, speak as, as I open my mouth, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So again, as, as I've been saying, we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. And um, last week, again, we looked at some passages, of, uh, the, the first uh I would say the first uh, nine or ten verses we looked at last week. And um, 
We looked at some things. Uh, Daniel was in a moment where uh, he is under a new empire. He's under a new king. Uh, Babylon has fallen, and now the Mede and the Persian Empire is in power now and, and is in control of most of the world, the known world. And uh, Daniel is now under King Darius, as we find him here in Daniel chapter 6. And uh, we see that Daniel was appointed to be a high official, and a high official answered directly to the king. So the first thing I want us to, I want to remind you of what we looked at last week, some points that we looked over. The first one we looked at last week is Daniel gained the king's favor. When Daniel stood before this king, he gained favor uh, from the king. Why? Because Daniel, the Bible says that Daniel uh, had an excellent spirit in him. Daniel was a man of God. Daniel was a man who feared God and he lived a life before people that demonstrated that faith. How many of you know that it's not what you say as much as how you live? And when people are watching, they're looking at what you do. They're looking at how you respond to situations. Let me tell you, Daniel was such a man that he was humble. Daniel was a man of God. Daniel, in, in whatever circumstance he was in, he prospered. His soul prospered. The things that he touched prospered. That's why he was placed in a, such a place that he answered directly to the king, the new king, uh, uh, King Darius of the Medes. He answered to him, and Daniel was given this favor. Why? Because I believe God was with him. He couldn't do what he was doing. I mean, this was a Jew who was a captive from the prior empire of Babylon, and now the Medes and Persian are in power, and this Jewish man is, is, is now again elevated to such a status to where he's in charge of a lot of the kingdom to make sure that people, uh, that the governors and stuff, they're not stealing the taxes. Those, those are the things that the revenue of the king, and we all know, again, revenue, when the government asks for revenue or when, when we talk of money the government makes is not uh, just uh, money. They, come, they have a, a business that they do. No, the business is they take our taxes. Every person on God's green earth that lives in a, uh, a society like, like ours, uh, you pay taxes and you always will. And so you got to understand that. So Daniel was given this task because Daniel was a faithful man. He was a man who had an excellent spirit. And as I mentioned to you last week, God has given us Christians today, those who have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, has given us the Holy Spirit. And we should have an excellent spirit about us. We should be people who, who uh, when, when someone sees our work ethic, they should see Christ in it. They should see uh, that we work hard at what we do. Uh, it doesn't mean they're going to see perfection because no one's perfect on this earth, and neither was Daniel. I don't believe that is what the Bible's communicating here. What the Bible's communicating here, that Daniel was a, a faithful man, that he was someone that could be counted on. He was someone that could be trusted. And I, God wants that to be of you and me, that we could be people that could be trusted with things that don't belong to us. <laughs> That's important. How can God entrust you with more if you can't be trusted with the little that you have? See, if if, if I can't be trusted as a pastor with the little flock that I have right now, how can he trust me with a bigger flock, right? If I can't be faithful to minister to, to a smaller congregation, what makes me think that I'm going to be able to pastor a bigger congregation? I'll be fooling myself, and you'll be fooling yourself if you're not faithful with what God has given you. So Because God may bless you with more, but you got to be faithful with what he has given you. Be faithful with the little, and he'll bless you with much. I believe that. Uh, so let's go on. So the second point we looked at last week uh, is that the satraps and the high officials, so there were 
Satraps were, again, as I mentioned to you, like, like little governors. Uh, they, they were little mayors of, of the, the parts of Babylon, I mean, excuse me, the Medes and Persian Empire, that they controlled certain areas, and they, their task was to make sure peace and to make sure that the people were paying their taxes and that governing was happening, okay? That was their task, and they had to answer to the high officials, and one of those was Daniel, and there are other ones, but they... But again, uh, they were not happy, so these high officials set up a plot to remove Daniel from his position. That was the second point we looked at last week, that they developed a plot to remove Daniel from being in the high position that he was in. And see, their jealousy drove them to seek out a way to make a law that would cause Daniel to rebel and result, and as a result, get rid of him. In other words, there had to be a way to get Daniel to get out of the position of office, but they couldn't find one. And they were thinking, what law do we have right now in the books that would cause Daniel to break it or rebel against that law? And uh, they couldn't find one. And they began to talk about this and they started plotting and said, well, well listen, we got to find a law in connection to his God. We got to find a law that's going to cause there to be a loyalty issue that's going to cause a, a, a confrontation between the law of man, the law of God. And, and, and we know that Daniel, being a faithful man of God, being a man who loves God, is going to rebel against the law of man over the law of God. And so Daniel, uh, rightfully so, does that. And, and they knew this. See, you need to remember that your enemy, Satan, knows and has been working at this for a very long time. And he uses people in order to bring about his uh, plans against you but remember no weapon formed against you will prosper in the enemy's hands I want you to understand when the enemy the Bible tells us when the enemy comes in like a flood the Lord will lift up a standard against him and so as Daniel is being faithful in his task he's being uh, persecuted by these others satraps and their jealousy drove them to seek out a way to cause Daniel to break the law they could not find it so they looked for a law that would cause uh, that would violate the law of God, and they created one. If you remember, uh, let me read this to you. It's in um, verse 6 and 7 of Daniel chapter 6. Uh, again, we're in Daniel chapter 6, and I want us to look real quick in verses 6 through 7. And it reads like this. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce uh, an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. And so we see here, uh, so they found a way to get Daniel in trouble to get to plot against Daniel to get him out of his office and they found a way and they did it through the law and as I mentioned to you last week even today uh, the enemies of our, the enemy of our soul is using people within our government to use the law of the land to, in order to cause there to be a confrontation between you and your God to cause there to be friction between you and God there are laws today uh, that will that they're working on right now we as I mentioned to you um, they're looking for ways to call hate speech. I want to give you that very important. Hate speech right now 
is a big thing. It's been going on for a while, but this is, is getting some momentum here. Uh, and, and really is because they do not want the truth to be said. They want to silence any opposition. Uh, what am I speaking about? The LGBTQ uh, community, right, currently, uh, is, is really has a lot of political power right now. And they're very uh, strong in that regard because they're backed by a lot of people in power and people who have money. And so, therefore, right now, they're being used as a political power against uh, the, uh, I would say Christians or any people of faith, anybody who has a, uh, a, a Judeo-Christian belief, this, uh, these laws that are being trying to be instituted are going to come against you uh, because what these hate speeches do is create a, another class of citizens uh, and uh, protection, a different, like causing them to be protected more than every other American. Um, the hate speech is there to be able to stop you from saying that, hey, the Bible says that uh, sexual morality is wrong in all its forms, whether it's uh, a heterosexual having sex out of marriage or a heterosexual uh, committing adultery against his wife or a man and a man laying down together or a woman and a woman laying down together or, or, or a man who says he's a woman trying to dress up in woman's clothing uh, or vice versa, a woman who thinks she's a man wanting to dress in men's clothing. These are, these are things that what they want to do is say to you, not only are you to tolerate uh, people that you don't agree with, which uh, the Bible teaches us to do that. We're to, we're, to be, we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We're not here to harm you or anything like that, but we are to speak the truth in love. We're not going to let someone believe their own delusion and deception that what they're doing is wrong. Just like I wouldn't see if a person's a thief and a liar, I wouldn't say, hey, you're doing okay, wonderful. You wouldn't do that. You would correct that person. Why? Because the Bible says you should not steal. You should not lie. And so these are things that are important. And the scripture teaches uh, these things very clearly. And so what they're trying to do through these laws is to silence anyone who disagrees with that kind of lifestyle. And so as a result, they'll weaponize the government against citizens who of faith. They're go you're going to say they're going to if they pass these laws in our states, what will happen is in our federal government, what will happen is when I preach from this Bible, I could be I could be found guilty of breaking of hate speech and possibly prosecuted and put in jail just for preaching the word of God. This country was founded on the word of God. And look at what is happening, how it's been flipped upside down. Why? Because we have an enemy of our soul and he uses people to bring about his change. And people thinking that, oh, Satan is their, is, 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 is their God, the God Satan is giving them what they want, what their hearts desire. Ultimately, the Bible says sin is pleasure for a moment, consequences for a lifetime. See, the Bible is clear about this. So anyway, this is what it was. The plot was there. And there's also plots today in order. I want you to understand why does why are we in Daniel? Because um, history has a, a way of repeating itself. And I like to hear one guy says it. Not, it doesn't just repeat itself, but it rhymes. History rhymes. And why? Because we have the same adversary. He just packages things up a little differently in order to deceive people. Uh, but I want to warn you of what's happening in our world today. And I think Daniel, the lessons we can learn from Daniel and how he stood, even in the midst of wrong laws, in the midst of people who are plotting against him, how Daniel trust, trusted in his God, and we ought to do the same. So let's continue this morning. Let's go on to verses 10. Uh, 
through 11 real quick. I want to look at this. I want you to see Daniel, after this decree was made that I read to you in verses 6 or 7, Daniel, knowing that this king in verse 8 uh, and 9, he signed the law, he signed this law in the past that anybody who gives petition for the, for the next 30 days to any god or, or man outside of the king is to be thrown into the den of lions. Daniel, look at Daniel's response as soon as he, see, he knows this happens. Look at verse 10. When Daniel knew that the documents had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, and as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Daniel continued in his faith, even though the king signed the law, knowing that if he is to bow and worship and, 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 and pray to any other God other than the king, Daniel, was his life was in danger. Daniel, this was a choice of life and death. And Daniel, you see what the Bible says? Daniel went where he normally goes. He went and prayed three times a day as he always did. Daniel was not uh, <clears throat> uh, swayed to, to renounce God. He was not ashamed of his God. G Daniel went and did what he always did, and he prayed and, bl and blessed God and asked God for help. You know what's going on today? There's a testing of your faith today. There's a testing where you trust God or you're going to trust the words of men. Are you going to trust the living God or are you going to be a coward and trust the words of men? You see, uh, the Bible is very clear that we are not to fear men, but we're to fear God. Uh, I, I, I want you to know that every person on the sound of my voice, we are tempted to fear men. We are tempted. But Daniel was a man of God. Daniel humbled himself as he always did before God, and he had strength to face what was coming. And, and Daniel knew that this, he knew, it says there, when Daniel knew that the document side, he didn't go, oh, my God, they're going to kill me. And they go, he goes into hiding and he, he finds a cave and hides. And, and no, Daniel opened his windows like he always did. And he, and he looked towards Jerusalem and he cried out to the living God as he always did. And you and I, no matter what comes our way, what consequences we may have to face, what we may lose on this earth, we need to be faithful to the living God. We need to be loyal to him no matter what we lose. You know why? Jesus said, what will a man give if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul? What will he gain? What will he gain? If I gain all the, the prestige, the fame, the glory of this world, but lose my soul, what did I gain? Absolutely nothing. This is why Jesus said, if you lose your life for me, you'll gain it. But if you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. I know that's hard for us Americans, for our Westerners. We're not used to persecution. We're not used to having to make those kind of choices. We've been very prosperous. We've been very wealthy in this country. But I promise you, because the times are getting later, the pressure is coming, and it's coming, and it's coming, and it's more intense. And you and I have to be ready. We have to be people who are in the Word of God. We have to be people who are submitted to the Lord. We have to be people in prayer. We have to be people who stay faithful and loyal to our God even to the end. 
because the times we're living in the, the end times, we're living in times where the pressure's being turned up, the heat is being put on high. And if you are a coward, you're going to fall. You're going to go away. You're going to, if you're more concerned about the things of this world, you're going to fall away. You're going to be proven to be not a believer. The time of testing is coming. There's a time of testing for us in this country. And we as believers, I'm telling you, not for you to be afraid, but for you to rejoice and be glad, for you to know, hey, man, I, I get to suffer for the name of Christ. Jesus suffered for me. How can I not suffer for him? Daniel continued in his faith after he knew the law was signed by the king. He was not going to deny his God for any position he held. Will you do that today? Where are you today? Would you be willing not to deny your God for a position at your job? Would you be willing to say, you know what, I'm not going to deny the Lord in order to chase that? Because I know if I go after that, it's going to want me to deny my faith and I will not do it. I'd rather be poor than to be rich and go to hell. I'm not saying rich people are going to hell. I'm saying that if you're chasing after that and you lose your soul, what, what did you gain? What did you gain? Look what Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 10. I want you to go there. Daniel's going to bring that up on the screen. Daniel chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 32 through 33. Again, that is Matthew chapter 10. Verse 32 to 33. In this chapter, Jesus is talking to his disciples because they're concerned that the pressure is being turned up and that potentially they could be killed for what they're talking about. The pressure is being turned on. And Jesus said, you know, uh, earlier in these verses, he said, hey, don't fear the one who can destroy the body. And that's it. He said, fear the one who, after destroying the body, can send your, your soul to hell. That's the one you ought to be fearing. Men can only harm the body. They can't mess with the soul. The living God is the only one who has control of the soul and the body. I want to tell you today, friend, Jesus' words ring true. And listen what he says to them. Look what he says to them and to you and me. So everyone, verse uh, 32 and 33 of chapter 10 of Matthew, it says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. You see, Jesus is calling you and me as disciples. If you say you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as the Messiah, if you believe in him, the Bible calls you and to walk as a disciple, to live for him, to live a life that is about pleasing him, denying yourself, picking up your cross and following him. What does it mean to pick up a cross? It means that you, when you go to that cross every morning, you die on that cross to yourself and you live for the king of kings. You live to glorify him. You, you look for, Lord, what would you want me to do today? How can I be a blessing to someone? How can I minister to someone? How can I bring the good news to someone? How can I be used today to be a light in this world? That's the life of the disciple, of a disciple. A couple years ago, the government said to the church that it was not essential and that we're to close our doors or stop the spread of COVID. Do you remember this? Do you remember a few years ago when they began to lock everything down? Do you remember that they said to the church, you are not essential. 
you must close your doors. We cannot have people worship because COVID is going to spread. Remember that? Do you remember that came from laws within this country that came under a Republican president? Do you remember that came under Democrats in Congress and the Senate that came under Republicans and, and, and Congress in the Senate? They all on every state, they all did the same thing now for a time. And then eventually, as they began to wake up from their from the way that they were uh, violating our rights as Americans, they began to to lessen and and take off the, the reins that they had on us, the chains that they put us in. And you say, Pastor, what do you mean? Of course, we want to stop the spread of COVID. Uh, yeah, but why didn't they stop closing Costco? Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot. Liquor stores were open, but churches closed them. That doesn't make any sense. How would you close the very place where people come to worship and, and hear the truth and be encouraged and to be healed and to be and to be ministered to? How can you close them from that? Why? Because you don't believe in God. Those who don't believe in God look to the natural things to help them. We look to the living God like Daniel did. Daniel wasn't looking to men. Daniel was looking to the heaven, to his heavenly father. And you and I need to be doing the same thing. But they closed down the churches and they said, hey, you know, these other things are good. You know what? Because we got to fill our bellies and we people got to drink so they can forget the problems. And Jesus tells us, don't work for food that perishes. Work for the food that lasts for eternal life. Jesus said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. I am the bread of life. Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come and drink. I'm the living water. Hallelujah. See, I believe this happened for the people not to get the truth. You see, Satan wanted the churches closed so the truth doesn't get out. So that everybody can stay in darkness. So you can see, so you can understand, so you can't call out to God. Uh, obviously, uh, people are never going to be stopped from calling out to God. They could be in their home and call out to God. What I'm saying overall, the people were not able to gather together, which is a direct violation of God's command. Do you know that the word of God tells us that we're to gather together, that we're not to be separated as Christians, that we're not to be saying, oh, I don't go to church. Did you know that I don't have to go to church? You know, there are people today who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ and say, you know what? I don't need to come together with God's people weekly. I don't need to do that. You know, I believe in God in my own way. Yeah, you believe in a God that you made in your own mind, not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible, Jesus, when he died, he died to birth the church and the church was established. I want to read to you from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. I want you to see this and he's going to put that on the screen. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. I want you to see what Paul writes to Timothy. Paul writes to Timothy, a young pastor, a young man who God filled him with his spirit. And Timothy was a faithful son in, in, the, in the Lord with Paul, the apostle, and, and, and the missionary journeys. Timothy was all about that. And, and Paul had established churches, and Timothy was pastoring a, a, a church. And, and this is what Paul was saying to them. Look what he writes to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3.15. If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Did you know the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth? You and I, the people of God, we are the pillar and foundation of the truth. And what does Satan want to keep? What did he want to close? The church. And you know what? Many churches willingly said, yes, we'll close 
Almighty government, we'll do what you say. No problem. We don't want to get sick. We don't want to die. My friend, let me tell you something. If If Jesus tarries and he doesn't return at this moment, we're all going to die. Some sooner than later. This is why we have hope in Jesus Christ. We have a life that's greater than this. This is not, this is not, we all, this is suffering here. The life that is waiting for us is glorious, wonderful, it's full of peace. The Bible says he will wipe every tear from our eye. He will remove all sickness and disease will be gone. We will no longer suffer anymore. We will live forever with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What are we waiting for in this world? This is nothing. This is a temporary place. We are sojourners. We are just a pilgrim here. We're passing through. But what is awaiting us is far greater than this world. And what has happened, because we're used to being in America, we've enjoyed the prosperity. Let me tell you, our brothers and sisters around the world don't act like we do. You know what? Our brothers and sisters are suffering. They have nothing. They have Barely anything to eat. Children without clothes, without shoes. Uh, if they can get a meal, it's, it's one meal in a day. Oh, they, can, they can't wait till this world ends. I'm talking about Christians. They're looking for the, the, the king of kings return because he's going to set everything right. Everything will be good again. But we in a Western world, the Americanized world, and the, and, the, and the rich world, we think, oh, we're so fun. We're living great. This is wonderful. We enjoy all these things. And we're almost, we're almost drugged into thinking this is our home. Oh, brothers and sisters, this is not our home. Our home is in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. Our home, we're waiting a new heaven and a new earth. This, this one is dying, is decay. We suffer here. We see the loss of our loved ones. We see the, the people we, we uh, death is, is the one that takes everything from us that we love and, and we cherish. Death takes it. But Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But he said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one goes to the father except through me. Do you want eternal life? Do you want to not worry about what happens in this world? Look to Jesus Christ. He's the answer. He's the only hope that we have in this world. I want to ask you, my friend, what are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do when there's a decree, when there's a law passed? Are you going to be a coward? Are you going to say, well, I, we, we have to obey the government. We have to do what the government says because the government is always right and, and the government is our God and it gives us our rights. No, let me tell you, the founders had a right. Our, our rights did not come from government. Our rights come from the creator of heaven and earth. Amen. We don't, we don't look to a government to give me rights. My rights come from God. They don't come from a man. They come from God. And that's why our founding fathers fought and bled and died on this earth to rid themselves from tyranny. Because they knew their rights did not come from a king in England. Their rights came from Jesus Christ, the creator of heaven and earth. They looked to him. And God saw fit to deliver this country from the, from the, the yoke of bondage they were under that king. And as a result, we saw the blessing America had become to the world. What does this have to do with Daniel? Everything. Everything. Why? Daniel, uh, Daniel was, did not give himself to the, 
to the decree of the king, Daniel said, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to worship God because I do not worship man. I worship the living God. Some of you might be saying, Pastor, but aren't we supposed to submit to the government? Aren't we supposed to do what the government says as good Christians? Aren't good Christians supposed to do that? I want to say to you, yes and no. <laughs> Pastor, you're confusing me. Do we submit to the government? Yes. Do we submit to the government? No. <laughs> yes and no is the answer. Let me show you something. Go with me to Romans 13. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7. I said I was trying to get through this, but I don't know if I'm going to make it. Lord, help me. Oh, my goodness. Romans 13. I want you to see why I say, yes, we are to obey governing authority. We're going to be looking at the first seven verses, one through seven. It says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to battle. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive the approval. Excuse me, his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to, to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to the very things. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect with to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. So this is why I say, yes, we are to uh, be sub subject to the governing authorities. We are to submit to the government of this country. We are to have that way. The Bible says that they're servants of God. They, they carry out, ex they execute judgment against the wrongdoer, not the good person, right? So we are to, to do this. This is not an issue here. It's not a, it's when I say that we are to submit to the government, I am not, there's yes. And then when I say no, I'm going to show you why there are points why we cannot submit to government. And ultimately, we understand that government is going to see us at that point as a wrongdoer and execute just judgment against us. And so you just have to understand that. Um, so, again, we are to, to look at that. We're, we're seeing it tells us we're to pay taxes. If we have to pay, if, if taxes are due, we're going to pay them. Good, the good thing about our country, we can we can vote for people who try not to charge us, in, that try to move the taxes down, who try to save us money and not take our money. You know, how many of you know there are people that live in certain states that uh, uh, almost 90 cents of a dollar goes to the to the taxes. That is incredible. Your hard work, your sweat and tears and you're working and you come home and they tax you 50 percent of your income. That's a lot of money. Because it's not normal. This is uh, this is uh, like oh, all over you taking your money. 
Because you know what the government's going to do with your money? They're going to mismanage it. <laughs> they always do. They always do. Me and my father all were talking in the car yesterday. You know, uh, they're going to put money to this invention that probably won't work. Who? That's what government does. It's not their money. They don't care. Because if it was their money, they wouldn't spend it like that. But they'll take our money and spend it any way they want. This, the, so uh, government uh, on its own, if we don't keep it in check, that's why uh, thank God for the constitution of this country. And that's it keeps the check and balance. It keeps people from overtaking. But they're not. We're at a point where people in this country don't care about the law anymore, don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about the Bill of Rights. They don't obey what that says anymore. Because it's not being taught in our schools. Our schools are barely teaching the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. They're not teaching American kids. If you ask them, what's the Constitution? If you ask them uh, certain questions about this country, they're going to look at you like, what? That's sad. They don't have our heritage. We don't know. Mm. think that's a plan. All right, let's go on. So that was my answer. Yes, we're to submit to the authority. And no is the answer. I want you to look at Acts chapter 4 with me. I want you to go to Acts chapter 4. And we're going to be looking in this passage of Scripture. We're going to see a moment that the apostle Paul and John were confront. Uh, excuse me, uh, Peter and John were confronted by the governing authorities of Israel at the time. And I want you to see what they, how they responded to what they were telling them not to do. Go with me to Acts chapter 4, and I want you to see it with me. Acts chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verses 18 and 20 right at this moment. <clears throat> Give me a second to get there. Acts chapter 4. Look at here at verse 18 to 20. And before I read, I want to give you a little rundown here. This is the Apostle Peter and John. They had, they had been called into, they've been taken into custody. The police of the Jerusalem Council took them into custody uh, because they wanted to find out they were preaching in the name of Jesus again. And what had happened is they were going into the temple to worship and there was a man at the gate called Beautiful and he was a he was a, a lame man. He couldn't walk. He was crippled most of his, I think his whole life, and he was begging for money. And, he, and, and the apostles that day, as they were walking into the temple to worship the Lord, they saw the man begging, and he says, and, and Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man got up, and he was healed, and he started walking and praising God, and and, and he was, the, all, I mean, the, can you imagine you, the, pl the places where we go and, and let's say we're going to Walmart and, and there's a beggar on the, on the street and he's lame and everybody knows that guy's always there. He, he, has, he can't walk and he's always there begging for money. All of a sudden, the, uh, a man of God comes by, lays hands on them, they get up and recover and they're walking and praising God. Can you imagine the, 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 the amazement of the people and what was going on? And everybody saw, what? I can't believe, oh, God is good. And, and the Pharisees and the leaders of the church, uh, of that at synagogue were not happy about this. Because I thought we just killed Jesus and now he, he's still doing stuff. <laughs> his followers are still preaching his name. Oh, we got to put an end to this. And now they, they're standing before uh, these men now and, and they've been in custody. They're, they're, they've been put in 
they've been put in uh, handcuffs here, and they're brought to the, to the rulers of the synagogue. And, and it says here in verse 18, So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak what we have seen and heard. And when they, heard, when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man whom the sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Wow. <laughs> Here they are standing before, and they're saying to them, you cannot speak in the speak or teach in the name of Jesus anymore. And if you do, we're going to lock you up and beat you to a bloody pulp, basically. We're going to beat you for speaking about Jesus. And you know what they said? We can't listen to you. We will listen to God. And we can't help it. I got to talk about Jesus. Because I saw him and I heard his words. And I'm going to declare it no matter what you come. This is what God's calling you, just like Daniel. Daniel knew they signed that decree. Daniel understood what could happen to him. He understood his head was on the chopping block. He was going to be thrown into the den of lions. But Daniel did not deny the Lord. Daniel said, I'm going to pray. And God wants you and me, just like disciples, to understand that you will be persecuted because you bear his name, because you're going to preach and teach his name. But stand firm in the Lord and in the power of his might. Don't, don't let this world threaten you or make you fear. It doesn't matter what they do with this body because you're going to be in the presence of the Lord. You're going to be with Him. And I pray that God will give us the strength and the boldness just like He did to them. Let me tell you what the apostles did. They didn't go back to the others and say, you know, guys, we, 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 we better not talk anymore about Jesus because Look, look, they just beat us up real bad and we can't do this anymore. We, we can't talk about him because they're going to kill us. No, let me, let me show you what they did. Go to verses 23 through 31. And when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of, the, of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city, there were, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to, be, to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together 
was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. <laughs> Did you see that? They weren't there whimpering. They said, God, give us more boldness to preach your word. And the Bible says the place shook where they were at and God's word was continued to be spread. Thank God that the apostles were no longer cowards. They were men of God. They feared God. They gave their lives for the cause. Do you know that most of the apostles were martyred? Except John. <laughs> I didn't get to finish today. <laughs> but I pray that this message would encourage you today not to be a coward. If you feel threatened by sharing the gospel, do like the apostles, do like Daniel. Call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says that if we ask him, he'll answer. If you need boldness, brother and sister, God will give it to you. If you need power, God will give it to you. Ask. Humble yourself. Let me tell you, my friend, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. You can't do it in your own strength. You're not. You, listen, when, when Peter thought he could do this in his own strength, do you remember when Peter was at the table and when Jesus was saying, hey, I'm going to be taken and, and I'm going to be crucified? Peter said, no, Lord, I'll die with you. And Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter trying to, to say in his own as a man, as, with his own strength and his own flesh, I will stand with you, Lord. And you know what happened? He denied the Lord and he heard the rooster crow. And Peter was crushed in his spirit. Because he knew he had let down the son of God. He knew who Jesus was and he denied him. Without God, we can't do this, friends. Without God, we can't stand. Without his spirit, we can't do this. I can't do what I'm doing without his spirit. I'll be a coward just like anybody else without him. But he gives us strength. You know, like in your home, you have a place where you plug in power. The power cord, you got to plug it in there or else there ain't going to be no power. If you don't pray and you don't spend time with God, you'll have no power to stand. You got to first kneel before the Lord so you can stand before men. I want to tell you today. Let's pray. Father, we, we ask you, Lord, to help us right now as we're going through this season and this times, the times that we're in today. I pray for my brother and sister that are listening and those who are here. God, that they would remember that you are the vine and we're the branches. And you said, apart from you, we can do nothing. If we remain in you and your word remain in us, you will be with us. We will bear much fruit. Oh, Lord, we need you. We need you badly, Lord. There are threats coming our way. There are, uh, even now, there are people plotting against us. Lord, consider their threats. And give us boldness, Lord. Give us boldness, Lord. Stretch out your hand, Lord. To heal. To, for miracles, Lord, stretch out your hand and touch lives, Lord, even in the midst of the threats and the persecution. Give us, your servants, boldness in Jesus' name.
We thank you, Lord. We love you. And God's people said, amen. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.